0: And uh, Ephesians 3.15 helps us to focus on Christ. It says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God and that's what we want to come to today we come to Jesus who is bigger and more amazing than we can ever imagine and even though here we are in this kind of dark uh, former nightclub we know that actually what we've come today is to see the king of the universe to be here to worship Jesus and that's whatever your age Whatever you're feeling like this morning, that's what we're here for. So I'm just going to pray before we start. Do you want to stand? Lord Jesus, we just, we've come here for you, Lord, and we welcome you in our midst this morning. Pray you'd come by your spirit, you'd encourage, bless, challenge. Lord, we are here for you. We're here to focus on you this morning. It's such a privilege to be able to worship this morning. Thank you, Lord, that uh, wherever we are, we know when two or three are gathered together, you are here with us. That's a promise you made to us. And Lord Jesus, we want to celebrate that this morning. We want to enjoy that this morning. Lord, we want to feel your presence with us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, We're going to sing Amazing Grace. Do you know that one? father thank you that's true um thank you that uh though it's not obviously apparent on the surface you know we look around and like bob said this is a very you know non-glamorous environment and not many of us are glamorous looking people you know and um but we are normal people uh, but you say that we have this treasure in jars of clay father i pray you give us grace this morning as bob speaks um and as we worship afterwards as mel leads us I pray that you'll give us grace to see uh, below the surface of things, uh, to see the the spiritual reality of things this morning. Amen. 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 Okay, Mel, over to you. Oh, whole family being involved. There we go. Okay.
1: Hello, everybody. (laughs) Um, Right, so first of all... I have a Bible verse over there on the side that's all jumbled up. So I'm going to need some helpers to unjumble it, and we're going to stick it up there on the side. So I'm thinking children definitely might want to do this. Kayan? Yeah? Do you want to come and help me? And come in. Bella, would you like to come and help? No, that's fine. I'm sure my children will get involved. They've been eyeing it up already. And any cornerstone people, if you want to help out a little bit, feel free. (laughs) Right, okay, let's have a start, guys. So what do you think's first? Yep, Kai's got the first bit of the verse. What does it say, Kai? It has two. Jesus said. Thank you. Jesus said. Yeah. Do you want to stick it up? Climb up and stick it
2: over
1: that way. Right, Cayenne. Yeah. So we find number two. They are numbered, so that can help us. There you go. Do you want to stick that one next to Kai's? Good boy. Bella, do you want to do the next one? Yeah. Should we find number three? I think it's this one. Can you stick it up for me? Where's number four? Resume, can you find it? There you go, yeah, that one. Drew, have you done one yet? You haven't, have you? Let's find number five. Oh, look, Kai might be able to help you. Mama. I lift you up? Mama. That's it. Good boy. Stick that one up, Drew. Number six. Should we let Ida do
2: one?
1: About halfway there, I think. <laughs> right, what if we give everyone pick one and then we'll see which number you've got. Can I hand you on that one? So, Kyan, I think you're next, number eight. That's the very last bit. Kai, that one, after Kyan. That's going to go right at the end. You're doing really well, guys. Then Ida, and then you can do that one as well, Diane, if you
0: want.
1: yours is the very, very last bit, Drew, after Kayan's done his one. Then you can stick yours. That's it, stick yours, Drew? Well done. <laughs> right. Stay here children, stay here because we're going to do something else in a minute but first we're just going to read this out so, shall I read it? Yeah? Okay so Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me so so what Jesus meant by that was that when we choose to follow him, we are saying no to our ways and we're saying yes to following Jesus' ways. So now we're going to do a bit of a game where um, we're going to just think about following. So I'm going to be the leader and any children and anybody else who would like to follow me <laughs> can just do what I, what I say. <laughs> So, what shall we start with? Can you follow me running on the spot? (laughs) Oh, well done. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) All right, you can stop. Have a breather. Can you um spin around in a circle <laughs> keep going <laughs> and now walk in a straight line <laughs> that was a bit of a tricky one wasn't it <laughs> what about can you wave your hands in the air
0: I can do that one.
1: <laughs> what about touching your toes? Well done. <laughs> what about, can you walk like that when you're touching your toes? Wow, that's very good, kids. <laughs> Can, was anyone else doing that one? Go, <laughs> Andrea. Very good. That's really good, Drew. Can we stand on one leg? And what about now, you've got to shake your whole body while standing on one leg? <laughs> okay, are <you're> you <right. laughs> You're doing so well, um, right? You didn't even fall over. You did really good. Right, we'll have a couple more. Can you make loads of noise? Yes. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, you scared Ida a little bit, I think. And what about this last one? Can you be silent? Wow, I'm mega impressed with that. That was a long time to be silent. Very good. So, so did anyone find any of that stuff easy? (laughs) What was easy? Say one that was easy.
2: Everything. Everything. what
1: did you find easy?
2: Um, was it
1: running on the spot? Yeah. Yeah, that was an easy one, was it? Right, Is anyone? did anyone find any of that hard? <laughs> <laughs> what did you find hard, April? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a tricky one, wasn't it? What about you guys? Did anyone find anything hard? Esme, what did you find? Balancing on one leg. Yeah. That can be tricky, can't it? Nothing. You found it all easy, did you, Dre? Mm-hmm. Wow, you are pretty good then. What did you find hard, Kai?
2: Um, the one where you stand on the other and you'd be like
1: jelly. Is that when you fell over? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so sometimes um, following Jesus is a little bit like that. Sometimes it can be easy. And sometimes it can be hard. But um, when Jesus was here on earth following God's plan, he didn't have it easy all the time either. He had, he had face times that were really hard. But he didn't turn back, and nor are we. <laughs> but what did Jesus do? He turned to God's word. Hold that up, didn't okay. So that is the Bible, God's word, Jesus turned to in difficult times. And also, (coughs) Kyan, could you grab that other one? Could you grab that there? That picture. And hold it up for me. Mm -hmm. Can you hold that up really high? Hold it up? Yeah. And he also turned to his father in prayer. So I just wanted to encourage you all that, we can do that too, that in tough times we can not turn away from Jesus but turn to Him. Um, do you want to stick those up on the wall there, you two? Brilliant. And then uh, you can come and get a sweet for being so amazing. Children, that was. <laughs> I haven't got enough sweets for you all, you adults, sorry. <laughs> and then I'm going to pass back to Bob. <laughs>
0: Well done, Mel, that was fantastic. It's uh, brilliant to have the kids uh, doing stuff. And uh, also, that kind of uh, message that comes through is uh, really encouraging, isn't it? Okay, so. Just wondering about the noise that's gonna happen as the uh, sweets go out. No, no, it'll all be peaceful and quiet, won't it? it be fine, fine, thank you. Um, so, with these... Uh, um, uh, services Steve has given us a kind of open book and said well you do what you feels on your heart which is always dangerous isn't it <laughs> um, because I'm going to share what's on my heart um, and for me that's been really challenging and uh, actually I think Mel because um, I've talked to her a little bit beforehand I think that she's really encapsulated a lot of it in that verse and also in what she said to the kids um, And what started uh, this for me was the first Christian book I ever read. What was the first Christian book? Apart from the Bible, of course. What was the first Christian book that you ever read? And what effect did it have on you? Now, um, I became a a Christian when I was 13. I was at boarding school. I'd come from a completely atheistic family. Um, And so I just read whatever I was given. I didn't know... What? So, so the first book I've read is called, and you might recognize the phrase from something Mel said, No Turning Back. Laos, No Turning Back. Um, and one or two of you may know the book. Um, it's a book that I haven't seen recently. Have we got the, Can we have the first couple of slides up? I don't know if they can uh, come up. Because Laos is a country. And I thought I might just start off there. Um, because it's not a country that you probably heard of. You may have heard of a lot of countries this week. Maybe Afghanistan, uh, maybe different places in Africa. But Laos is a very small country, completely landlocked, next to Thailand, and it is still a communist country. And this first book I read was all about somebody who lived during the communist takeover of Laos that was kind of linked with the Vietnam War and uh, happened over over ten years, and this was somebody who became a Christian at that time. So I'm just going to start by talking a little bit about him because he he really inspired me as a young Christian, and I hope that it'll inspire you, and maybe it'll uh, just speak to us a little bit at this time. So his name was Lung Sing. Uh, he had been an opium addict, um, so that's. Um, probably now would be a heroin addict, for 45 years. He was addicted to opium for 45 years. It started, actually, uh, when he was a little baby, um, and in order to stop him crying, rather than giving him a dummy, or uh, whatever you call them nowadays, they gave him a little bit of opium just to calm him down. And all the way through, until he was 45, he was completely addicted to opium. Um, And then one day, he met a Christian, And I'm going to just read a little bit from the book just to show you his transformation from an opium addict into a radical follower of Jesus. What did he then do? Well, once he got saved, he had a simple faith. And what I mean by that is if he read something, if he thought it was the right thing to do, he just did it. He didn't worry about it. wasn't worried about theology. If they said that a Christian should pray, he used to pray. If he said he used to trust God for something, he just did it. So it was very simple. And there were two things he really liked to do which I'll talk about more as we go on. One was tell other people about Jesus. So everything he knew, he told other people. And the other one was to sing Jesus songs. He liked to sing Jesus songs. And that's where the title of the uh, book comes from. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Um, Now, interestingly, um, this very active faith obviously wasn't great as the communists took over Laos. Um, and he ended up being martyred for his faith. They um, don't quite know what happened to him, but he gave his life because he wasn't going to stop sharing his faith and singing the Jesus songs. Now, as you can imagine, that had quite an impact on me as a teenager coming from an atheistic family at boarding school thinking, what, what is this Christianity? What a challenge is it? Let me just read a little bit from the book. Okay, I'm going to have to explain one or two other people, but uh, Cato is a, a, a Christian from Laos who's, who's just talking to him. How long have you been using opium, Singh? Singh told him the sad tale. He also told him of the many times he'd tried to give it up because it ruined his health. But every time I started again, and I'm now addicted to this drug. Do you really want to stop? Kato asked. Of course I do, but I can't. Why do you ask? Sing, I have good news for you, Kato said. That is why I've invited you to my house, because I know someone who can help you so that you will never need to smoke opium again. Sing laughed shyly. No, I know that story. Many people have given me advice on how to stop using opium, that nothing has helped, I'm an addict. Cato nodded, he knew what Singh was talking about. There was only one person who can really help, he said. And he then told Singh about Jesus, who had the power to free people from opium. Singh listened intently. Never before had he heard that through belief in someone with the name Jesus, could he be freed from opium. Being curious, he asked Cato about this Jesus. And Cato spent many hours telling Singh about the Lord. Just going to jump on a little bit. Do you really think that God can make me new again without me having to do anything at all? Me, a witch doctor and an opium addict? Yes, he can, Cato answered. Singh sat with his head between his hands and talked aloud. Me, a new person, how wonderful that would be. He looked. Is there really nothing I have to do? Nothing I must give? And then slightly later, he talked about this with a group. He said, we are so happy about all the wonderful things we've heard, talking about him and his wife. We want to become new people. I can hardly believe that it will happen, he began. I'm a sinner, not only because I've used opium for 45 years or that I was a witch doctor, but above all, I was a child of the devil, now I want to become a child of God. I know it because I've already experienced that my fear has disappeared and I have peace in my heart. Friends, will you accept me? Will God accept me? Deeply moved, Singh knelt down. And for the first time in his life, he spoke to God. God, simply, honestly. Oh God, I am so wicked. Forgive me, Jesus. And that was his story about how he became A Christian, of course, then he had to go through the withdrawal from opium. He went through the ups and downs of life. Um, He was somebody um, who him and his wife couldn't have children. And they went through the ups and downs of adopting in Laos. um, And then uh, was somebody who just got involved. He talked to people, he helped people, he got involved in church matters through that very simple, those very simple eyes of faith. And, you know, for me, from coming from an atheistic family, it suddenly encouraged me of the reality of the faith that I'd just committed myself to. And also the fact that this could cost something. Does that make sense? You know, he gave his life. Yes, the huge blessings of a new family. But also, he was then prepared for the cost of what would happen. You know, if somebody asks me to preach and whatever, I'm always going to use this verse. It's a verse that I've learned, I've committed to, to my mind in the New International Version. It's slightly different in the ESV. But Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I think in the ESV, life I live in the flesh, I now live for in the, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and that for me is an amazing summary of the gospel that we have been saved we have identified with Christ we are people who in our own lives at one stage or other we were going in one direction I can move this microphone can't I right we were going in one direction and we decided that we were going to go in a different direction We were looking after ourselves. We were thinking about, what's the best for me? And then it changed, and we said, no, I want to be identified with Christ. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Jesus. And we said, right, I want to follow you. And I can remember saying, and many of us can do, whatever you want, Lord, I'll follow you. you Have you ever ever said that? You know, the kind of peak of worship, you suddenly enthusiasm, say, yeah, whatever. And then you think, oh, my word, what's that going to mean? But we have that because we know that we've been saved by the death and resurrection of Christ. And we have that call to radical discipleship. You know, when we turn around, we have an identification with Jesus, but different priorities to the world. So at 13, at boarding school, I suddenly had radically changed priorities. I had to think, my word, what am I going to do if I stop praying with friends? Because people are not going to like it. It's going to be that element of, bullying or ridicule what am I going to do am I going to stand up for what I believe or not am I going to turn back or am I going to say no I'm going to stand up for Jesus do you know because of this book and other amazing Christians and other books I read Nikki Cruz do you remember that his amazing book um run baby run all sorts of things I began to kind of dream a different dream. I didn't look at the world in the same way. If you like, I began to sing a different song because I didn't think of singing in the same way. My vision was different. And I'd made that kind of decision that whatever happened, I was going to put him first. Aged 14, 15, whatever that meant. It's interesting, isn't it? The world's changed very much since the 80s, since I became a Christian. The, the church has changed, hasn't it? You know, you wouldn't have heard of Hillsong. Many of the American streams that we know, you'd not have heard of them at the time. It's, all, it's a very different thing. And also, I think our world has changed. The mentality of people has changed a lot. There's an element of a postmodern world. We often look at things now as a as a nation maybe internationally of what it can do for me you know when i become a christian would it be good for me will i be more healthy and wealthy will life be better for me will i be happier that's what it is isn't it christianity just about being happier is it but there's that element of me and my Jesus. You know, if I, can, if I give myself to Jesus, it's me and him, and somehow that makes me smile more. Now, I didn't think like that. I may have heard some things like that, but I didn't think like that. And certainly, Lung Singh didn't, because he had committed himself to Jesus in a place he knew would be taken over by the communists, and he knew would have challenges. And I think there's an element of challenge in what I'm going to say today. Um, and uh, you know I'm saying it as much to myself as anybody else because over lockdown it's been a funny time isn't it you know being able to go to church in your pajamas is not something I ever expected to have to do did you that kind of I won't say it's easy church but there is an element that somehow it just became more easy and also then we could say oh, I don't want to listen to that I'll listen to this on the internet because it makes me feel better we get that element of change. It's our mentality, again, has changed. And uh, forgive me for saying this, um, but I've, I've thought of it about it as parking space Christianity. Do you know what I mean by parking space Christianity? That the highlight of my day is going to be praying for a parking space on Herm Bay Seafront so that when I go there, I get my parking space. And then I will know that Jesus loves me. Which is great, sorry, if you pray for parking spaces, so do I sometimes. That's not being negative sometimes, we need them. But actually, the radical change for Jesus is not about praying for a parking space and that being the highlight of our day, is it? It's about that radical change that we are called to follow him, whatever that may mean. And as I said, that's a a challenge to me, and it is... To you. Do you know, uh, Lun Singh was told that he was no longer allowed to share his faith when the communists began to take over, so he kept sharing his faith. He was no longer allowed to sing songs about Jesus, so he kept singing. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Do you know the next verse of that? The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. And it was in singing that song that he was taken into the jungle and lost his life for Jesus. Maybe I'm being a bit challenging today, so, so maybe if I read some Bible verses... I don't know if you'll find them less challenging, to be honest. But let me just read some Bible verses that I've picked out on this topic, and we can smile about them. Hebrews 10, verse 32 to 36. I'm going to read verse 39 as well. They won't come up on the, um, the screen. It says this, But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you had endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, And sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison. And you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. I'm going to come back to that. Because I've I've never picked that out in the Bible before. But there we go. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession. And an abiding one. Therefore do not throw away your confidence. Which has such... A great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God you may received what is promised I'm just gonna go back to a couple of those I'm not gonna uh, go through it in detail and look at the Greek or anything but let's just and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property I have to say I've never yet met a Christian when somebody's come to steal something damage their car has gone away saying praise the Lord I've never met that. But that's what he said here, that because of Jesus, that they joyfully accepted it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an amazing transformation? And then because of a better possession and an abiding one, we know that in following Jesus, we have received salvation, eternal salvation life that is bigger and better and more glorious than anything that we can imagine But it also challenges us to have the need of endurance and I do think that in this time coming out of lockdown coming back to church working out who we are and how we work with things how's the kids work going to work how's the youth work going to work what's going to happen as we relate together we're going to need endurance together because there's no doubt that there's been some tough things with churches nationally. There's been some really tough things. You know, there are, are groups, uh, churches within our group who can have no longer anywhere to meet on a Sunday because their provider, school, whatever it is, has said, you can't meet anymore. So suddenly you have a long church and you've got nowhere to meet. There going to be the need for endurance for us and for others. I didn't read verse 39 because I got too excited, but let me read verse 39 of that one there, which says this But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve our souls. So we are not those who shrink back because we know this faith that we have, that we've that free gift of God, and we're going to move forward in Him. Okay. One more verse. Luke 9, verse 61 to 62. One or two of you may have been thinking about this as I've been uh, speaking. Uh, Jesus talking to uh, a number of people, and uh, it says in verse 61, Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my house. It's a reasonable thing to say, isn't it? Before I follow you, just let me say farewell. Let me take the time to say farewell. And Jesus said to him, that's fine. No, he didn't. This is what Jesus said. Verse 62, Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And the challenge there is not that we don't graciously say goodbye to people, because of course we should, but that we shouldn't be looking back to our old life and saying, oh, but that was so comfortable. But that was so nice. Do you know what? I might want Jesus and that comfortableness. Because our commitment is following jesus so i just feel that today and maybe for the next couple of months jesus is challenging all of us yeah children with that wonderful verse up there and those of all ages in this church and 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 those visiting today too that having been saved by the death of Jesus on the cross, God is calling us to stand up and fight for his gospel in this next stage. Are you with me? I had one amen. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Just so I know I'm not speaking to myself this morning. That having been saved by the death of Jesus on the cross, God is calling us to stand up and fight for his gospel. Amen. Okay, that's two of us. Well, amen, thank you. But it's true, isn't it? We know that it's going to be, we're going to have to fight for his kingdom to see his glory, to see him break through. Okay. So Pete, um, I'm coming towards the end. Who knows exactly where I'll be, but I'm coming towards the end of what I'm going to say. So I thought practically... How do we respond to this? nice to have something, isn't it, to hold on to when speaking. So I've come up with four things just to think about. I'm just going to go through these briefly. First of all, I think for a number of us here, who know, maybe all of us, we need to just recommit ourselves to Jesus and the path that he has for us. Just to say, do you know what? That decision in our mind, do you know what? Today, I'm going to recommit myself to the joys and perseverance of following Jesus wherever he may lead, number one. Number two is service. I want us to be, I want myself to be one who is more encouraged, more determined to serve Jesus. That includes in the local church here. You know, it's brilliant that Helen has spent so much time over the last few weeks, isn't it, serving us and getting this PA sorted so that we can all hear. Brilliant, isn't it? Should we give a A nice round of applause. Sorry, Helen. You'll hate me doing that. But it is. It's amazing. But we all, we need to be recommitting ourselves, I think, to service. And just an encouragement for uh, parents. (laughs) Sorry, Mel. Just encouragement for parents. As you serve in the church, that will be such an example for your kids. Because they will say, that's the right way to follow Jesus. We serve. And that will help them. Maybe as much as anything else, that modelling will help them. As they grow up through their teenage years. Number three, the secret place. For some of us, our time with Jesus over the last year has become deeper and stronger. But I've got to be honest, I don't think that's the case with me. I think I've found it more challenging. I think I've had to fight for it a bit more. And many of us are in that situation, I feel. And maybe for one or two, it's just a commitment to say, do you know what, Lord? I'm going to make... Another commitment to spend more time in the secret place, reading my Bible, praying, hearing you, getting my strength from you for the next season. And fourthly, I just want to mention grace. We're not a church of works, aren't we? We're not doing this to get God's approval. But we're a church who have received grace from God. Therefore, we are determined to serve him. Because of all we've received through faith, by grace, freely given, it is our joy and our enthusiasm to serve him. So those are the four things. Um, I'm going to hand over to Pete for a minute. And then, uh, Pete, and then uh, I will, um, maybe I'll just come back to say, lead people through. Yeah, I just want to give an opportunity maybe for one or two, maybe it's all of us, just to recommit ourselves to Jesus for this next season. Maybe just to uh, take that step forward in our heart. Maybe just to recall the words that we've said to him, Lord, whatever you want, I will do. Lord, you are my priority. You are number one. Lord, I am not going to turn back, but I am going to go forward towards the cross. It's just worth just spending a moment now just doing business with the Lord in your heart, out loud, whatever it is. Lord Jesus, it is our decision, Lord Jesus, to follow you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the privilege of calling us to know you. And Lord Jesus, we want to wholeheartedly, with our whole mind and our whole heart, move towards you in this next season of our life. Lord Jesus, we re give ourselves to you. We say, Lord Jesus, we want to move forward to you. Lord, we don't want to turn back. We don't want to be those who turn back and look back. To our old ways, Lord Jesus, we want to move forward passionately towards you and what you've got for us, gloriously with the challenges that are ahead, but with a focus on you in the mighty name of Jesus.
2: Days now, the Lord's been showing me a wooden ruler. Sorry, a wooden ruler. Well, I haven't got one, so I bought this. It reminded me of when I was at school. And I've toyed with this for a few days, so and I haven't been well, so bear with me. I just felt like there's three people, the Lord said three. You feel like you're there on the ruler. But the Lord says, the Lord says you're there. Sorry, what? Yeah, could you? The Lord says you're not there like you feel. You're up there. Because you're complete in him. And I felt there was three people. And I felt very much that when you're at school, you were spoken over very negatively. That You're never going to come to anything. No one's ever going to love you and things like that. And I think you might be saying, well, I've done okay in my life. But I still think that these words have held you back from who you could be, stopping you going forward, who God sees you as. You might see yourself this way, but God sees you in a different way. It says in Proverbs that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we will eat the fruit thereof. And I just think that people have spoken over your life. You might say, I'm not lovable. I'm not able to do this. But God says, You can do this. You are lovable because I love you. But the Lord says, I wish you could see yourself through my eyes and not how the world sees you, not how you see yourself when you look in a mirror. You felt unloved, that no one could love you. But you are lovable. You are enough. God says you are enough. So you're not there on the ruler, you're up here on the ruler because you measure up. You measure up in God's eyes. Amen.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Bob. And if that kind of rings true in you, then do uh, respond to that um, as we go through. Respond to that in worship. And uh, maybe it's worth talking through with somebody later if that really spoke to you as well.
3: I love learning from Christians from past generations and this guy was I mean I thought oh my gosh I could never do that I could never do that and I was thinking of Corrie ten Boom that we talked about a few months ago I could never do that but they would have said they could never do that and the first thing Jesus asks is come and walk with me beloved when you need the courage I'll give it to you when you need the boldness I'll give it to you don't fear first come to me come and walk with me spend time in the secret place Realise how much I love you and I'm for you and I will strengthen you on the road that you are on. When the time comes, I will give you courage. In the meantime, walk with me, beloved. Walk with me. Let's seek him. If you're not sure this morning that God loves you, let me assure you, he does. Jesus died. He gave his life, his life for you. That's proof of love. He loves you. He knows you by name. You measure up because he has made you right. He poured out his life. So Jesus says, don't fear, beloved. These testimonies are amazing. But first come, walk with me, know my love for you and see what we can do together.
0: Yeah, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the glorious faith we have in you. We thank you, Jesus, for your amazing victory on the cross that helps us to live differently. Lord, we thank you for this church, Lord. Thank you for our friends. Thank you for the kids. Lord Jesus, thank you for that verse up on the wall over there that reminds us about what you did for us. We want to thank you, Lord. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Brilliant. Well, I don't think I've got any notices, but somebody might say, yep, I need to say something. As far as I know, we have one more of these kind of all-in services next week. The week after, I think, is the bank holiday, isn't it? Which is uh, S- Sabbath Sunday. And then I think it's on the 5th that we're back together. Normal. We've got youth starting up. We've got the kids' work starting up. We will have coffee at the end of a meeting. <laughs> How exciting is that? Brilliant. Thank you, everybody. See you next week.